0: friends welcome back to this last in a special series from the shen Society's conference in new york city i've got a little bit more of a conversation with dr Yu here for you that i hope you will find interesting now i know i promised you y'alls that i'd have some conversations with participants from the conference you know chinese medicine can do a lot of things apparently it cannot bend time so given the constraints of time i unfortunately did not have time to bring you some comments and thoughts from the participants, I guess y'all are just going to have to come to this next year for yourself and listen to it. And thank you to the Shenlong Society for having Geological come out. It's been a wonderful way to spend the weekend, learned a lot. Big thanks to Maywe Herbs for their fantastic t-shirts, for their financial support, and for helping to promote the education of Chinese medicine practitioners, especially around the use of herbal medicines. One other thing, uh, thank you also to our friends at The Lantern. They listened to our previous conversation with Dr. Yu that went up just a day or two ago and sent along a fantastic article uh, written by Leo Dujo, translated by Steve Clavey, that really goes into this six-level qi transformation that Dr. Yu uh, and Michael Fitzgerald and myself have been talking about here today. So if this kind of thing is your cup of tea, it's in the show notes. Please check it out. As ever, thank you for listening. And Here's our last little bit of conversation with Dr. Yu.
1: So he first thing he said was that He's never used this idea clinically in his practice and his experience ever of the, for example, just one example of the opening, the pivot, and the closing. Mm. Like, he doesn't see the clinical meaning in that sort of thing. Um, and that uh, there's a lot, I think, off, off when we hadn't turned back, the mic back on, he said... He had the similar problem we do. He's like a lot of this Chinese medicine theory for a long time when he was younger. He's like, I, you know, how do I figure this out? And then as he got more experience, he's like a lot of this stuff is you know, what does it mean? It's not doesn't help me in the clinic. On the other hand, he said he does use this sort of chi transformation idea of what we just talked about, the six channels and the um, you know, uh, I have to remember them all in order now, but um, some of them from looking and approaching their treatment from the root, some from the branch and some from the middle, mm-hmm. right? And the middle being, in, for example, back to Yangming being tie-in. So what he just said was, tie-in is the, you know, is the uh, ground floor of Yangming problems. And uh, so once you treat those, always there in the background is how's the spleen going to respond and how's the, you know, don't overdo it with those cold medicinals. They're appropriate. You use them. But back there, the spleen's going, okay, I can handle a little bit of this. He didn't say this is my wording, you know, but, um, but just be careful because once you start beating on Yangming, I'm going to take some of the punches. And that's part of what that means. So he finds that useful in considering how he approaches a treatment. So back to the main point being that, here's an experienced doctor.
0: Okay,
1: so I just asked him how long he's been, because I want to clarify, you know, here's a doctor who's been seeing patients, he said, depending on how you calculate it, from somewhere from 48 to 51 years. and. If you didn't gather this from the uh, walk along the river in talking to Dr. Yu and reading other things he's written, this man can quote not just the m- major classics, but books that are r- written that don't get talked about a lot. Of course, obviously, he in America, but even in China, that this guy has a lot of clinical experience, wrote a tiny book full of valuable things. He knows these books. you know, And so he's somebody who's saying to you, there's a lot of this theory that doesn't Either makes sense, or I don't know how to use it in clinic. Um, he's open-minded. He's still trying to think about some of it and other stuff. I, I imagine. Didn't ask him the specific question. He's throwing it away, like forget that. So I think that's meaningful.
0: Yeah. there was something else that I heard Doctor Yu say about sometimes people with not as much clinical experience mm-hmm. really get involved in the theory, and you can get you can sort of get lost in the theory. Whereas sometimes people with lots of clinical experience they don't rely so much on the theory as they do on the work that they've done and the results that they've gotten, Mm -hmm. and they know that this does this and this does that. And then later, you know, if you want to put it into a framework, oh, well, here's a framework Mm -hmm. I can stick it in. Mm -hmm. But these are two different processes. Mm -hmm. One is trying to take an idea and make it fit reality, and the other is taking reality and going, okay, which of these ideas does it Mm -hmm. sort of fit into?
1: And, and I agree with you, and I, and I would say that some of the theory is useful because it's helped guide the clinic, and, they've, and they can do that either readily or that through a, a, a bit more time figure out how that it is meaningful. And this problem exists today where you'll find people who have written very beautiful books about all sorts of things, and then you come to find out, well, they, in the clinic, they're not that great. Uh, you know, there's, I, I don't I don't want to mention any names or anything, but, you know, a doctor who's very well known to be, you know, good in Shang Han Lun, but then you hear oh, his clinical results are so-so, but the, oh, the theory, he's got down and everything like that perfectly. And uh, there's, that's what some people end up doing is, I'm not so good at clinic, I can play with these theories. Maybe there's people who do both well, but uh, as an example, Hu Shu, he's somebody who, change some of the ideas and fit them into his own thing I think he did a good job in it I think he has very good clinical value but he had to change things a little bit a little bit of the six channel things and what you know channel this formula treats in order to make it make more sense for him and I would say we could just use that as an example of not just casually changing things to fit your reality but you know how do you understand something what makes sense to you Um, and if it, it if it's logical within its own thought process, that's, that's valid, and more importantly, if it's useful in the clinic.
0: Well, I know for myself as a uh, somewhat la- mentally lazy practitioner, I like it when I can come across a theory and I go, oh, this kind of explains a lot of things, but the clinical reality is not that. Mm-hmm. And one of the big takeaways that I've gotten from our conversation here today, I keep coming back to this idea of pivot. And this is one of the beautiful things about the Shanghan Lun, and, and really thinking about, you know, the Liu Jing, the, these six confirmations. Things can go from here to there. It's not always in the same sequence, but the idea that something can shift from this to that, and when it does make a shift, well, let's say it goes from Taiyang to Xiaoyin, right? That means one thing. Whereas if it goes from Taiyang to Yangming. Well, that that's a different process. And each of those would bring up some different ideas for how we would treat it clinically. And, you know, in terms of the theory, well, I mean, we can kind of make up a story in a way about that.
1: Uh, well, I, I'm certainly not one of these people who's memorized the Shang Han Lun. So uh, I might be wrong, but I don't... Better get on it. I don't think that... Um, I don't think that... Zhang Zhongjing used the term like Xiaoyang as the pivot. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But anyway, I think we can all agree that he doesn't have a lot of explicit theory in his book. It's very much, here's a presentation. And usually, I shouldn't say usually, but there's certainly cases when, when something changes from one channel or confirmation to another, it's because some doctors come in and gave a mistreatment. And the, the meaning from that is when you purge or when you induce vomiting or something, it tends to damage fluids. It tends to damage yang Qi. It tends to do that. And it's, it's not a xiaoyang will change to yangming or xiaoyang will change to anything else. It's if you do this, it will, could change to that, um, less so than it's a natural progression per se, although that's probably that's included in the background. So anyway, my point, it's a book about mistreatment and what happens and the tendencies that happen when you when you do that. Along
0: with the different aspects of the human physiology mm-hmm. that we should be considering, because while we might be trying to fix one thing, for example, beautiful example Yangming, we're fixing the Yangming problem. Be careful about that ground floor, which is the Taiyin, mm-hmm. because they're connected. And while you're doing good things for the Yangming, don't forget the Taiyin. Mm-hmm. And and I suspect this is true for lots of other situations as well, that there's something underneath it or there's something connected to it. And don't just look at what's in front of you now, but consider what else is connected and where it might go. Uh,
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I will just say as an example that I think this is, there's a certain physiology that we all share. So that's why Zhang Zhongjing could say, if you have this condition and you purge, this might—he didn't say might. He said this will happen. I think it's a, this might likely to happen because when you purge, you're purging out fluids, and so you're depleting fluids. You have to be careful. Does that turn into a depleted fluids equals deficiency yang qi? Does it equal a deficient fluids equals a yang ming? That depends on how person A responds to that. And I've certainly read case studies, and honest, they are not the most common case studies, so I should give that caveat— but where an a doctor actually goes from treating with a sinitong and the person gets better and then suddenly starts presenting with a like sanhuang tong presentation, complete opposite. And that is kind of I keep that in the back of my mind that if I haven't mistreated, the, the key being whatever I've done, they've had some significant improvement despite what happens next. I just have to follow that because people are complex. And, um, it's all based on symptoms and presentation, in my mind
0: um, oh, oh. Hi, 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 hi. Hi.
1: so doctor you um wanted to clarify something, which was that part of what we'd mentioned before about Yang Ming and the Yin relationship um. That, and also really based on, more importantly, on his clinical experience, is that he's seen lots of cases where Yangming disease can then evolve or perhaps devolve into a tie-in disease. He's never seen a tie-in condition turn into a Yangming condition. So, you know, that example I raised a second ago, again, I said it was, it's not a common thing I've seen, but I have seen it, and maybe, maybe it happens. In his experience, that does not happen, that Yangming, that lesson with that channel in particular and the relationship to its middle chi or Tai Yin is that you can overdo these things, these cool herbs, or as he likes to often say, cold foods or raw foods and damage the spleen. And that's the that's like a fundamental truth is that you can overcool your spleen and digestive system and it tends to head that way it doesn't head the other way in which maybe you treat tai yin and then it develops yangming so that's sort of something he wanted to just emphasize that that's a sort of fundamental idea it's like it can go that way it usually doesn't go the other way
0: well again thank you and uh let's go to lunch